the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. Thank you once again for being here. I know it's been uh, a heavy week in terms of a lot that's going on, not only in the city of London, but within Ontario and Canada. So we really appreciate you being here. I'm excited today because we're shifting gears a little bit. I've got London Free Press City Hall reporter Megan Stacy with me today. Megan, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Thank you so much for joining me. I always look forward to chatting with you because you really are our gateway into things that are happening at City Hall and in the City of London in general. And you covered earlier this week a Community and Protective Services Committee meeting and a hot topic and a huge problem facing our city right now is homelessness. Obviously, the last couple of days, weather-wise, with the winter storm, have just been treacherous, for lack of a better term, and homelessness in our city is a real problem. Homelessness in winter adds a whole other element. So let's talk a little bit about what was discussed at the committee meeting with regards to some funding. Absolutely, Lindsay. I, I like the way you just set it up there. I mean, nobody can be outside you know, even in the daytime, let alone at night without thinking about, you know, folks who are sleeping outside all night. It is darn cold. We've had some cold alerts and I think it's a really pressing issue for city council and for city hall, but also for an ordinary Londoner, right? So um, the interesting thing that we heard last night to kind of set the stage for for all of this and and maybe for some some future discussions to come is really what is the kind of cash that it's going to take to reshape London's shelter system? Um, You know, there was a a big plan laid out by City Hall recently um, to reorganize and kind of redistribute funding and look for new ways to offer emergency shelter. So instead of having, you know, these really large shelters with lots of beds, people who uh, stay in those shelters sometimes talk about how there are many rules and many barriers for them. For instance, if you have a partner that you'd want to stay with overnight, or you have a pet, or you have you know, belongings that you don't want to leave behind, those shelters can be a difficult place for you. Some people, um, you know, don't find that an option. So City Hall said, all right, listen, let's talk about what we can do, the kind of funding we can offer and what organizations in the community can provide a different kind of a system, perhaps maybe something even what they call low barrier, which essentially means fewer, fewer barriers, sometimes fewer rules, um, you know, and more supports, more staff, things like that. Anyway, so this entire, it was a request for proposals that City Hall put out and the whole thing came crashing down because as City Hall says, and as these shelter leaders and organization, organizations say, there just isn't enough money to provide that kind of care. It takes a lot more cash because you need more staff. So you have more staff interacting with each, um, each client or each person staying at the shelter. And uh, it kind of all came to a head last night because city politicians were being asked to um, sign off on contracts that will just keep the status quo in our shelter system for at least the next year and possibly another four after that. So the shelters you know and recognize um, Unity Project, Men's Mission, Salvation Army, uh, YOU, places like that, 
would essentially receive about the same amount of funding to keep their existing beds, keep doing what they're doing. So there's two kind of funding issues here and two spiraling costs. Uh, City Hall was asked, um, City Hall's housing director was asked very specifically, okay, but what kind of money is it gonna take to go through with that big transformation you talked about? And he put that price tag around $20 million. So that's a huge amount. We definitely don't have that. Nobody's offering London that. Uh, and it's kind of an interesting question about, you know, if that's the price tag on reshaping on this transformational change that City Hall was eyeing, you know, why was the request for proposals put out with a much lower number? There's about $10 million overall to dish out to these uh, shelters right now, at least for the next year. Uh, you know, what, what's it gonna take in order to get there? Who might provide that kind of funding? Is it gonna be pulled from taxpayers, right? From the municipal tax base instead of provincial funding? Right now, all of our emergency shelters are funded. Uh, the city funding flows from the province, so it's not actually coming from a municipal taxpayer. And then the other pressing cost question, which I think ordinary folks can really relate to too, is that costs are climbing to even provide service right now. So the Salvation Army Center of Hope director, John Deactis was there and he outlined you know, in the last five years, the climbing costs that they've seen. I think it was 55%, um, a 55% increase for food costs, 61% for staff, 166 for waste removal, like getting rid of their trash. So, you know, you're going to the grocery store and you're seeing your bill go up. So is the emergency shelter downtown. And these shelter operators are coming to City Hall saying, what you are providing is not enough. Like we are barely getting by. And so they're make, trying to make up the difference with fundraising efforts. Uh, City Hall funding or really provincial funding that's flowing through City Hall doesn't even cover the costs. It never has. Uh, they're making up, you know, anywhere between 25 and 50% with fundraising and other, um, other methods like that. But as costs climb, they're really getting into a crunch and they're trying to let City Hall know, like, we've got a big issue here. The men's mission director, um, Peter Rosaluk, said something to the effect of, you know, this, none of this is new for us. We've seen this train coming down the tracks for the last decade. So, you know, on the one hand, you've got this desire to create a transformation in the shelter system, really provide better and different service that works for people. And then on the other hand, you've got all these demands, all of these costs and needs that just do not line up. It's, it's, um, it's kind of an interesting discussion that's obviously going to land back at City Hall very soon, I would imagine. Well, $10 million difference is a huge discrepancy when $20 million is needed, but they've got about $10 million to work with. I know that throughout the pandemic, there has been different relief programs and different grant monies given to different things to aid because the pandemic really threw a curveball and has affected a lot of people and affected homelessness in a big way. What other kinds of things are we looking at? Um, I know the city had also talked about a $1.1 million for housing allowances to secure homes for those who are homeless. Um, again, though, $10 million, like I hear that number and that's astronomical. And you make so many valid points. Costs are rising constantly. And $10 million, if that's keeping it status quo, to me as a Londoner, a taxpaying Londoner, I'm just thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen if there's no other money. So what are the, what other discussions are we having with regards to pandemic aid? Is there a potential for federal money to come in or provincial money to be injected here into London? Absolutely. Such good questions, Lindsay. I think, and the first point I want to make is that I think a lot of those questions are the same questions that councillors are asking themselves that you know, prominent city hall staffers are asking themselves. And you might just see this, I hope, 
be a prominent election issue, right? We've got a provincial election coming up and then a municipal election next fall. And I think there is some question, some people have sort of raised this issue in terms of priorities, right? Where are our priorities? What do we wanna fund? Where can we advocate for funding at uh, senior levels of government? Um, so that that's one question. And to your point about pandemic funding, the city of London has been receiving a ton of provincial funding specifically to help, you know, folks who are living on the street, homeless Londoners and other vulnerable folks as they're sometimes, you know, categorized through through COVID, right? There are a lot of needs, you know, even the shelters that we're talking about were forced to reduce some of their bed counts to provide some more space. And so uh, Kevin Dickens, the city hall um, deputy manager who's in charge of housing told politicians that there is a movement afoot, not just in London, but among other municipalities to say to the province, hey, that one-time COVID funding that you gave us, let's make that permanent, right? It's got a, a long acronym. Um, I think it's called social services relief funding that's come down. Uh, but Dickens told the politicians, you know, this has essentially tripled our budget for the homelessness prevention programs that we provide, you know, thanks to that one-time COVID funding that's coming from the province. So potentially there's there's an avenue there. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I don't know the inner workings at Queen's Park or uh, what you might see. But again, it's interesting timing with the election. There might be some potential there to see some of that funding stick around as kind of an election promise. I think homelessness and um, just the ripple effects, you know, housing, all of those issues are really top of mind for a lot of voters. So you might see that come into play. Um, you know, the other question is just where can that uh, funding be provided and how can it be used perhaps more efficiently or effectively, right? And so uh, you mentioned the housing allowances. City Hall obviously has many more programs beyond just funding emergency shelters and housing allowances is one of them. So the goal is for organizations that work with people who you know, are living on the street who are maybe couch surfing, who are in housing, but at risk of becoming homeless um, in order to help them find a location, uh, find a home and stay there, right? Create some stability there. So housing allowances can mean uh, rent top-ups. It can mean helping you with um, first and last rent. And some of those housing programs are a little bit more broad, you know, maybe helping somebody find the support that they would need in order to stay housed. Um, Obviously, there are a lot of healthcare needs and mental health needs um, in some cases as well. So City Hall doesn't provide that directly, but they um, provide cash to community organizations that do uh, some of that work. And of course, City Hall does run some of its own housing programs, just not mental health uh, programs specifically. So there was another 1.1, 1 .1, about $1.1 million um, that's earmarked for a number of community organizations doing that kind of homeless prevention work as City Hall calls it. And that was endorsed also at the Community and Protective Services Committee and that'll go to council later this month. So that's another option. You know, City Hall is also taking the reins on some affordable housing, um, new affordable housing builds, right? So that's not super common for the city to actually uh, take the lead on some of those projects. But right now we've got three different developments that are either in the works um, or planned for different areas around the city where City Hall is taking the lead and trying to build some affordable units. So there's always that issue too. A lot of people say, what's affordable? What does that really mean? What's truly affordable, right? So all of those units that are coming online are likely to be below market rents, but they're not likely to be those very deeply subsidized, you know, rent geared to income where you might be paying three, four, five, six hundred $600 a month for your place. Um, and those are really the units that 
of course, are really in demand for someone who is living on the street or, you know, homeless right now because social assistance may be the only income that you have coming in and the shelter allowance that comes through your Ontario Works or your Ontario Disability Support is not very big. That was another point that was made at the committee meeting. You're talking 400, maybe $500 for a single person that's on social assistance. That's the shelter allowance. So we can all imagine what we're paying for rent or mortgage payments. It is not that. And, you know, average rents continue to climb in London. I forget the number, but I think we're, what, maybe 1300 1400 for 1415 was average one bedroom. Yeah. So the discrepancy there, I mean, it's just, you, you really got to wonder, how, how do you reconcile that? If you are someone receiving social assistance, that's the only income you got coming in right now. How are you making ends meet? Like, how can you even look for an apartment in, in this market? It's, it's really, really difficult. Yeah, the, the the number discrepancies are astronomical and the numbers don't add up. Something we are running out of time, but something I want to touch on, and I might sound a little bit ignorant in asking this. We have two temporary shelters set up currently for homeless folks in the city through the winter, and we've actually had to use LTC buses because space has been so limited and there is such a demand on those cold, frigid nights to get people off of the streets. What happens when it's not winter? Such a good question, Lindsay. And I'm not sure there's a very easy answer that came up at committee too. Uh, you know, politicians are asking what's the game plan here. And really for the second year in a row, we have some sort of temporary winter shelter being offered to people with not much of a game plan, at least not one that's been made public or, you know, shared with with us regular Londoners to figure out what does happen afterwards, right? And there was a lot of conversation, a lot of division, a lot of debate about whether that this model this winter, which City Hall has repeatedly said is very different than last winter, you've got um, more isolated locations for these temporary winter shelters and they're targeted to very specific audiences. So for instance, at the Fanshawe golf course, that shelter, people are really handpicked to go there, right? If they are housing ready, paper ready, meaning you've got some ID, you, you, you're in on that journey of looking for your housing versus someone who's, you know, maybe struggling with some more severe issues. Anyway, I only say that because, um, you know, there are a lot of questions about what happens next and where should people go. And I think there's starting to be, uh, you know, some real deeper and broader community questions too about how do we plan for things like winter? It's pretty clear that every winter it gets cold here in London. We live in Canada, right? And so those London transit buses were brought in because there was so much demand for drop-in spaces at a downtown church. That's actually separate from those two shelters kind of a, another prong of the winter response. And so there is such significant demand that those beds are full every single night. They opened up some overflow uh, now at the Arcade Mission. That's going to be coming offline very soon because renovations are starting at that organization. And so, you know, people, Londoners are spending, as you say, are, are being put on buses, city buses overnight because it's urgent and immediate to get people out of the cold. But uh, really, I don't know much about what the game plan is. If you ask city staff, you know, at least in a public forum, like at, at the committee meeting this week, they talk about focusing on housing, on housing programs, trying to make some long-term change by helping people transition either to a stable unit 
or sometimes they talk about transitioning people back to the community, which essentially means to an ordinary emergency shelter bed that are open year round. But I don't really have an answer or a good answer to that question about what happens next, what happens in March or April when, you know, those trailers come down and that those temporary shelters aren't an option anymore. It'll be interesting to see and uh, it'll be interesting to see long term what comes of this. Recommendations from this committee meeting are going to full council for final approval on February 15th, so not too far away. Uh, I will say I think it's good that this is top of mind and such a hot pressing issue for city councillors and they're acknowledging that there is an issue in this city. Megan, thank you as always for your time. Your piece on this was fantastic. It's available in the pages of the London Free Press or over at lfpress.com. We'll be back again next Thursday with another edition of the LF Press podcast. Until then, stay well. Stay well.